Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Connected Adventist podcast. My name is Catalina and I am the host, the one and only, just me. Um, But welcome back. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And today we are going to have a look at what we're going to discuss. Maybe what it is to fall into the trap of being discontent with life, um, with all aspects of life. And I guess how dangerous it can be once we start looking at life through the lens of discontentment. Okay, let's begin. All right, shout out for this episode. It's coming from Instagram. And honestly, it's coming from Instagram because as you all know, Facebook is very annoying and I can't find um, the little section where I can find the people that have liked the page. So when I am not in the mood... I I was in the mood today. I actually tried to find um, the likes, the people that have liked the connected Facebook page. Mm, Gave up after about four minutes. I'm like, oh, where is this thing? So we've gone to Instagram. Instagram always saves the day when I'm feeling like that. And so I just did, as you may not, may or may not know, I just do a random, I just look away from my phone, I scroll, and then I just point at uh, a name on the followers page, um, followers list. And I came across today, Alyssa Truman. Now I must say, Alyssa, if you are listening, I don't know a lot about you, but I do know that you're a very nice person. Um, so Alyssa works from what I know, she either works with the conference or she does stuff for the conference or she volunteers for the conference of Seventh-day Adventist. Um, but I know she's definitely involved in the digital media side of, um, yeah, our church. So I'll read you what her bio says. And okay. So it says, Ali, this is me. You will find my health journey goal to lose five, uh, sorry, 50 pounds in a year. My hobbies, healthy cooking and journaling, my book business, and my family. So the website is www.alissabookshop.com. And Alyssa is spelt A-L-Y-S-S-A, bookshop.com. And yep, she has photos of her family and stuff on her Instagram account. So Alyssa, thank you so much for following the podcast. I thank you so much for your private message that you sent me a few months ago regarding uh, YouTube, my YouTube channel. So it was really appreciated, um, really thankful, and it was a really kind and thoughtful uh, message. So thank you so much for taking the time. Okay, now, remember how like the last episode, I'm like, I know I'm supposed to tell you something, but I just can't remember. So I just filled in that gap by telling you about my TikTok account, but that actually wasn't really what I was wanting to tell you about. I actually remembered, I remembered during the week what I was actually supposed to tell you about. So I'm going to tell you about that this morning because I remembered just before I pressed record that that was what I actually wanted to tell you about. So for those who are new to the podcast um, and yeah, you may be like, oh, there's so many episodes. I don't, what episode, how many episodes are we up to? Um, There's 117 episodes. Where do I begin? Well, let me give you the top 10 podcast episodes that have received the most amount of downloads. And I will beginning, I will be beginning, I'll begin with 
uh, the one that re has received the most and then the last one is the one that has had the least so number one through to ten so you can begin here or you can begin somewhere else but I'm just just in case you wanted to know but also this is at least lets you know uh, what has been maybe like an interesting topic that people have really put the effort in or have really wanted to listen because um, this obviously has these are the episodes that have had the most downloads okay episode 68 get your pens pens and paper ready so that you can write this down or maybe put it in your apps notes app or something okay episode 68 Casey Knight Stat and Peter McKinnon um, episode 85 we're both SDA with Daniel and Joe uh, episode 100, Pornography and Masturbation with Kezia. Episode 67, Fornicators and Horny Christians. Episode 77, Seasons, Justin Bieber. Episode 73, Listening is Redemptive. Episode 86, We're Both SDAs featuring Daniel and Joe. Uh, episode 74, Digital Detox with Martin Van Rensburg. Episode 59, Fishing for Fish, <laughs> Fishing for Fish Sticks, Kanye West. And lastly, episode 88, Such Were Some of You with Michael Cardushi. So that's the top 10. Pick any of those or pick all of those. And, um, or pick an, you know what? This is me. Pick another episode so that that one can jump onto the list. Um, let's let's be kind to everyone and show our love to all our episodes. Um, okay, so that's that. All right, so let's begin the discussion. Now, I actually was like surprised because as I decided literally an hour ago that this was in my time of prayer, that this was the episode that I wanted to speak about next I didn't actually realize how nicely it follows through from last week's episode which was um, about fooling around with sin and I guess I'm going to go a little bit into just the way that discontentment I mean hasn't has had an impact on my life and I have seen it in others so even though this may be my story trust me I know a lot of people uh, fall down this trap of just never being thankful and that's what I really want to this is that's what we're going to finish this episode with it, it all comes down to being thankful and complacency and gratitude are two different things but at the same time I think that there comes a point where we just have to be thankful for what we have been given um, and I guess the way that life has turned out rather than being complacent because you're just dissatisfied. So I think there's a big difference of being thankful for where you are and being complacent. So I want to discuss just the different aspects and the different areas in which we can become discontent or dissatisfied. And specifically, I believe in relation to our life. So I feel that in many aspects or many elements of our lives, there are areas where, one, I think we want to try and improve things, and that's okay. I believe that, that that's a safe place to be, where we want to improve things. But discontentment and dissatisfaction comes from a place where I believe it is based on comparison 
and again, I don't think compare like comparing our lives and comparing aspects of our lives to others is necessarily bad or evil either. But I think that's where we have to be like really honest with ourselves and search our hearts and see mm, why exactly am I feeling this particular type of way? Why right now with this aspect of my life, I'm feeling very discontent. So I will give you an example and this is like really practical and this is like really personal, but there comes a point, for example, for me as a mother where I'm very discontent with the way my children um, behave and it goes from I wish you were just more like this, I wish you didn't do this, I wish you did this, whatever it is, you know, I just, I have... I have an idea in my head of what I thought my children were going to be like and I don't I don't negate the responsibility that you know maybe some of actually probably the majority of the things I don't like about my children's behavior is something that I have modeled to them um either me or Stevie so I don't I in that situation I must admit me personally I don't I don't lack holding myself accountable for the fact that "Mm, my kids probably act the way that they are because they've probably seen me do it um, or whatever it is. But what happens, it goes, I feel like this, this idea of improving things or wanting things to be better is like we're at the top of like a freshly snowed on mountain like it's just nice thick layer and we're ready to go and you know ski down that thing and it goes from desiring for things to be better to blaming people then it just speeds up and we're going down really fast faster than we planned because this was just a gradual you know little ski down the hill kind of thing down the mountain and before you know it we are flying down this mountain now I've never skied (laughs) so it's funny that I would even use this but I've seen plenty of videos that have where people have you know gone really slow and then before you know it they're like in they're like falling and rolling down this hill but So I feel like that is the way that we go from when we are observing something and we are realizing, hey, I'd like to improve this to, you know what? Like, why is this like this? Why is my life like this? Why are my children like this? My marriage like this? I wish, you know, my children were more like this and my spouse was more like that and my church was more like this and my house was more like that and my car was like, I feel that. And what I have perceived and observed in myself and in others is that once we're starting to ski down that slope of discontentment, it gets so messy so quickly. And we don't, we don't start off that way. I feel we, we honestly start off with the idea of can my marriage be better? Can my family be better? Can I make more money? Can I find a better job? Um, maybe if I change churches, that church doesn't seem to have the problems our church has. And um, that church has, you know, that person there and I really like them. So I'll just go to that church. And because that person's there, it'll just be better. It doesn't start off with like this really vicious cycle of discontentment and 
I, I want everyone to sort of be aware that, hey, if you're starting to think that way, if you're starting to view a specific area of your life with, I want this to improve or I would like this to be better, maybe you're not wanting to be complacent with the fact that, you know, whatever, your life is the way that it is. And now you're wanting to improve it. You're wanting to have some personal self-growth. Whatever it is, just be very mindful of when it turns from just improving to being dissatisfied and ungrateful with what God has given you. I feel that for myself, I've gone through periods um, as a mother, I mean, even as a wife, but as a mother where I've gone from, if my kids were only like this, and if we didn't have these dramas, and if they their personality wasn't like... I've seen myself go from that to if I just hadn't have had kids. Why did I have children? And I and, and that's what I'm trying to say. It just goes from such such a more neutral perspective. It's such it's just an observation to I shouldn't have had kids. Why did I have kids? And just questioning the whole reason of why I made the decisions that I did to have children. And the reason why I say this is because I didn't want to have kids. But so when Stevie and I got married, we were like, we don't actually want kids. But I always said to Stevie, I'm like, if you ever do want kids, don't worry, I'm happy to make that happen for you. But I went into marriage not wanting kids. And Stevie went into marriage saying he didn't want kids. And then, you know, five years after we'd been married, Stevie's like, hey, so I was thinking. And I was like, hey, I always told you, like, if you ever wanted to have kids, like, I'd be there for you. Um, so that all comes back. That all plays through my mind. Like, I should have just said no, I don't want kids or, you know, whatever. Welcome to how this thing escalates. So another motivator that I find can be very dangerous in us trying to improve aspects of our life or seeking to do things better is this idea of racing with the Joneses. And I'm not, I'm usually it's keeping up with the Joneses. I'm specifically saying racing with the Joneses because I feel that there are certain aspects within our life that we will never catch up to them. We'll never keep up with them. We're simply racing them. Uh, They're advancing at a certain speed and we're behind. And in order to advance at the speed that they are, or at least to even catch up to them, it calls about some serious, serious dedication or commitment and the amount of sacrifices that will have to be made in order to reach the Joneses can actually be of monumental size like and and this is this is how I compare it you know there are some people that are single and they seek to find someone you know they want to be in a relationship and you know my friend is my age and you know they're married and they're going to have kids now and they've bought a house and for someone who is single they may perceive that as I'm so far behind, I'll never catch up to them. And as a result, you begin racing to get to where they are at emotionally, financially, you know, where whatever it is that, you know, rocks your boat kind of thing. So because of that, we are racing 
with the Joneses. We're trying to keep up with them. And we will make decisions that will be, I believe, unwise, like totally unwise. Why? Because we need to catch up to them. I need to get married. I need to have a house. I need to have this and I need to have children. And I've just got to sprint in order to reach them and I'll just make decisions as quickly as I can without really thinking them through or without really seeking God's guidance to see if that really is where God would want me. And that's another danger that I find within the whole idea of being discontent or looking at other people for for where we wish we were kind of thing. When we start looking at someone else and looking at their life in contrast to what our life is, it can be really, really dangerous. And I know that I have found for myself in the different aspects where I found myself to be very discontent with my life or maybe with the way things have just worked out in my life, um, different things. At one point, I was like so, 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 um, yeah, probably discontent. I was so annoyed that we had moved out to the country or to the bush I was like why did we make that decision you know the first six months here I was like a mess because I just missed Brisbane so much and everything that Brisbane was for me now I will admit that was because there was a lot of character refining and maturing that um, God needed to do with me and so I think the only way that that was going to ever be possible was me being by myself and having to deal with myself but I know that there was periods when I was here and I was like I wish I was just you know in like a city we would have like a nice youth group we would have friends our age because all the friends that we have my mum always laughs and she picks on me my mum's always like because then I'd be like oh we've just got friends over she's like are they over 60 or under 60 um because honestly like all our friends at at our church you know they're all older people so we have people over for dinner who are old enough to be my grandparents they're actually older than my parents and or they invite us to their place or you know we go and have outings with them and anyway so I remember just being at a point where I was like if we're just in Brisbane we would have like a nice youth group and and I tell you once you start thinking that kind of way once you start becoming dissatisfied with one aspect of your life it's so easy to take that same way of thinking and apply it to my marriage and my family and my career and my finances and my relationships and my friendships and you know honestly once you've started to see the world through the lens of discontentment it's 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 very hard to hold yourself back from that and to stop from continuing skiing down that mountain because trust me it you only pick up speed the longer that you're on that mountain and i i believe that one that is a reflection of ourselves decisions that we have made that maybe we didn't think them through as well maybe there are things that we were just like oh you know if I 
if I hadn't have changed jobs like that, you know, if I had really thought it through, that job wasn't as bad as what this job is. And I probably should have put up with what was going on there because it wasn't as bad as what I've got here. And I just feel that once we start making decisions based on discontentment, a lot of, a lot of, we'll, we'll start questioning a lot of the decisions that we've made in our life. And it's not healthy. And sometimes I think we can move the focus off ourselves and try and blame it on everyone else. You know, if my kids were this way, if my spouse was this way, if my job provided the things that it needed to provide for me, um, if, you know, my parents were a certain type of way, then, you know, I, I, I would have much better life. Whatever it is that you tell yourself, we take the responsibility of ourselves rather than saying, hey, but you know what? Even with the parents that I have, I'm, I still have a pretty good life. Or with my spouse, you know, my spouse might not be everything that I would have liked, but, you know, he's a pretty good guy or she's a pretty good girl. There's so many things that I think we disregard and things that we're blinded to, the positive things we're blinded to because we're just focusing on the things that make us so dissatisfied in life. And then lastly, I think that there's an element of all of that, that we are so ungrateful for what God has given us. I'm now give you my example. So I could be miserable here in the country and, you know, be whatever, whatever's going through my head and, you know, being discontent and ungrateful. And then God is reminding me, like, you, you've basically retired. Uh, you don't have to work. You have the flexibility of, and this was obviously not at this time, but I'm giving you my example now because it's applicable, but you have the flexibility of doing university and not having to work at 36 years of age because you made a choice 11 years ago to be in a position where financially you just didn't have as much pressure as what maybe people would have, you know, out in the city or even out people that are out here. You made a decision that has allowed you to have what you have right now, to have the abundance of time to work on ministry projects, uh, to be present for my daughters in their lives a lot more than if I had to work full time um, or if I tried to work and study or whatever. We can be so stubborn and selfish and forget all the blessings that are present even within our season of discontentment. Um, you know, what's oh, another example I guess I can give you? You know, my car. Okay, let's just say I love my car. Actually, I don't love my car, but I'm very thankful for my car. Um, but I could sit there and be like, you know, I wish I had this type of car and I wish that my, <laughs> this I do wish. I'm like, I wish my seats were leather because they would get less dirty with my children. Um, but you can sit there and just complain about the car because it doesn't do what you wanted it to do. It doesn't look the way you wanted it to look. But then at the same time, you have a car. That, that in itself is a blessing. I know people who don't have a car. I know lots of them um, in this area. So we assume that car is just the norm. We assume that that is, you know, expected. But realistically, if we really think about it, everything that we have is a gift from God. Even the car that you don't like, even the house that you don't like, even 
the husband you don't like or the spouse that you don't like or the children you don't like, whatever it is, the work, the school, the friends, everything is still a gift from God. But sometimes in our selfishness, we can be blinded to how much God has given us. And again, that's another danger that I find. And I think, you know, as, as a mother who has children, you know, I know when they're excited and they're thankful and they come and give me a hug and they're, they're like, thank you so much, mom. And then I know when they're selfish and ungrateful and it's as though they just expected me to be a certain type of mom and they just expected me to do certain things for them. And it was just like, what's the big deal? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. I know how that feels. I know the the contrast of emotions that that evokes in me. Um, also, I guess the value that it associates to it. When I, when I see my daughters are like, thank you, mom, that's so nice of you. Thank you for all your effort. It makes me feel like, you know what? My kids are grateful. My kids appreciate what I'm doing. The, the kids see that this is a lot of effort and that they're grateful for it. So it also produces a certain response from me when my children are thankful and I think of God like I think of God when we are in moments of discontentment when we're comparing ourselves to what other people have or we wish we had what other people had or we wish we didn't have what we had I think of how God must feel when he's like but guys like I gave you so much I'm like please don't ignore the fact that you have your health. Please don't ignore the fact that you have a home. Please don't ignore the fact that you're not homeless. Please don't ignore the fact that you always have food in your pantry. Please don't ignore the fact that you have electricity and water. Please don't ignore the fact that you live in a country where, you know, there there is no, you know, political party that is placing persecution on you. Please don't ignore the fact that you can freely worship, like, There is an endless list of things that God still provides for us even when we're the most unhappy with life and with our choices. And I think that that's where we really have to place the emphasis. Acknowledging that, yes, certain things in life suck. Certain choices that we've made were definitely not the best and wisest choices that we could have made. But let us accept where we're at And let us be really intentional about not only focusing on the things that we can improve, but also giving equal time to the things that have really made our life sweet and the things that we often disregard or like my kids, they just expect, like, what's the big deal? Of course, I'd expect to have a roof over my head because, you know, as if God would leave me on the streets. And then for someone who is on the streets, you know, of course I would expect for God to, you know, provide food for me in some way because as if he's going to leave me without food. So I I think we always have to acknowledge that no matter how bad our situation may look or how dissatisfied we are with our life, there is always reason to be thankful um, for what God has done. There is always something that we can acknowledge that we are blessed to have and I guess that's that's the the thing to conclude with um I know that I can sit there and write a list it's so funny okay that's gonna make it a 40 minute podcast but 
we had an experience with my daughters and you know there was they were in the same they decided they went to sleep in the same bedroom and then they decided that they didn't they couldn't handle each other so they've split up again and I sat them and I was like this is like this is a moment of like learning and and I will make the most of teaching my daughters what they have learned through this and so after they we moved their rooms and and moved their beds into the different rooms I sat them down and I'm like can you tell me two things that you really liked about living with your sisters they struggled like they were like um I like that Naomi oh I don't know what I like about it and then Chloe's like and Naomi's like um I don't know if I like living with Chloe I'm like no we're saying something that we like so anyway they struggled to find two so then I brought it around and I'm like all right can you tell me two things that you didn't like about living with each other? Well, I hadn't even finished the sentence and they were already telling me the things that they didn't like about living with each other. And it's so easy for us to do that. It's so easy for us. It almost comes natural to be really negative and to look at situations and find all the negative. Now, again, I don't I'm not taking away from the fact that things can improve. There are things within my children that I have seen as a negative and I have made really active choices to try and change that in the way that they respond, in the way that they perceive things. There are things within my marriage that I have seen that weren't positive, that could improve. And by God's grace, my husband uh, was also willing to do that. So together we worked at trying to improve those aspects of our marriage. And then there are things with me. There are things that I've actively seen in my own life, in my personality, in who I am as a person that I've been like, I don't like that. So again, like you just have to be really prayerful and see that there are things that we can be discontent with things that we want to improve and it's actually a really good thing and it's going to be of benefit for us personally and for those um, people that are in our lives but then there are other things that just purely come out of an unhealthy place it comes out of an unhealthy form of discontentment um, and, and it's very unrealistic it's very selfish and I guess with some of those things and I'll be totally honest just because I'm you know, thinking about my own situations. I feel that when we compare ourselves to other people, when we compare our spouses to some other, someone else's spouse, when we compare our children to someone else's children, or when we compare our life to someone else's life, that usually is when you know this is probably not coming from a good place. If God has placed it on your heart, if God has given you conviction and, and opened your eyes to see something that could be improved, I think that's a safe place but when we've looked at someone who maybe has the car that we want or maybe lives the lifestyle that we wish we could live um, when we are focusing on what they have in comparison to what we have and seeking that out of a place of selfishness out of a place of pride and maybe out of a place of acknowledging that we probably didn't make the best choices. And if I hadn't made the choices that I would have made, I would have had a life like them. And now I don't. And I think that's where the danger comes in. When we're looking at the Joneses and trying to catch up to them, but it's not actually a goal that God has set. It's not because we are looking onto Christ and we are seeing that there is a better way of doing life. And there is a better way of, of finding what God's calling is for our life. I think that's where the danger lies. And that's where we have to be like just real honest with ourselves and say, okay, yeah, I literally want that kind of marriage because 
it's my marriage isn't that rather than you know what I think God has called our marriage for something better something higher something holier and something more encompassing of the whole concept of what love is is very different um yep so on that note what I would say and what has helped me in my moments of extremely selfish dangerous discontentment is to write a list or at least think of things to be grateful for so let's say I am whatever being ungrateful for the fact that I have to be a stay-at-home mom okay so I will sit there and I'll be like "Mm, I know women who have to work full-time who would do anything to be a stay-at-home mom and then I'll be like you know what it gives me so much freedom because I am able to do anything that I want for ministry because I have so much time and then something else I'll be like you know what living out here being able to be a stay-at-home mom has given me benefits in terms of my health I'm not rushing around having to always be busy with certain things so I'm not stressing I've been given plenty of time to do all the things that I need to do so that's the way that we have to look at it. Once you feel that you're going down the dangerous path of discontentment, sit down and spend time with God and just really look at how much God has blessed you, how much God has given you and give thanks to him. Like I thank God. Um, I'll be totally honest. I'm thanking God for so many things, things that I'm just like, God, I don't think I've ever thanked you for the fact that I have. <laughs> this is going to be too much information. I'm going to, but this is literally to the level of how I'm showing gratitude and acknowledging like that I'm thankful to God. Oh my God, I'm so thankful that I have regular bowel movements, things like that. And the reason why I'm probably aware of that is because I had a really close friend of mine die from cervical cancer and she ultimately died because she ended up getting poisoned because of the chemo had affected her intestines and um, basically I don't know how to explain this in the best way but she basically had like poop leaking into her body because she the chemo had caused holes in her intestines and they didn't pick up that she was actually poisoning herself um, with her own uh, feces so that is why I am like god thank you for regular bowel movements thank you for health Um, I thank God for light. I thank God for the fact that I have a warm bed. I thank God for the fact that I have like 12 pillows on my bed. Things like that, I just thank God for. And God is, I'm constantly being reminded that I'm to be thankful for the joy of my salvation. Like that is, that is the thing I'm supposed to wake up every morning and be, and be like, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that I am saved. Thank you that I am forgiven. Because ultimately, if I lose the 15 pillows, however many pillows I have on my bed, 12 pillows, I think it is. No, let me not count them. Uh, Let me be thankful. No, it's actually not that much. Let me see. This is me expanding on my numbers. So it's probably like 10, nine. God's like, I, I feel like I need to be thankful for all those things because when my nine pillows, something happens in life and I lose my nine pillows, Let me not be like, now I can't even thank you for my pillows. No, God, let me thank you for the joy of my salvation. Thank you for the fact that I am in a place with you right now where my heart is with you, my soul is with you. I'm desiring to follow you. I'm desiring to seek you. I'm desiring to be like you. I'm desiring to know more of you. 
that is the joy of my day. And ultimately, I think if we can be grateful for everything in life, but let us be thankful for the most important thing in life, which is our salvation. So make a list. You know, if you're having a day where your spouse is just like, hmm, can I get a refund? Um, sit down and like, or seriously think about the things that you are grateful for in your spouse. Because I can guarantee you there'll be something. There'll be something. Focus on that and just always think, hey, things could be better, but things could also be worse. And by God's mercy and by his grace, we have so much of what we have in our lives that, yeah, when we disregard that, not only does it make us feel a certain type of way, but I can guarantee you that God feels a certain type of way, just like a parent feels a certain type of way when their kids are so ungrateful um, and all they can pick up and point to is the things that they want and they're not getting while disregarding the fact that you know what in a day you get a lot of things you you get to do things how you want them but you just want this particular thing and because of that you're disregarding everything that I do for you so yeah stay grateful peeps honestly it's it's a better place to be and yeah seek God for guidance as to what needs to be improved and if there is discontentment may it always come from a source um, that is holy a source that is from God and that it may honestly be what yeah God desires for your life um, not something that is purely um, a motivator for your own selfish reasons all right until next week my prayer my hope and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love stay cool for Jesus's name and stay grateful um, as you fix your eyes upon Jesus and race the race with Jesus not with the Joneses. Um, may the Holy Spirit guide you. All right, see yous.